Yes, believe it or not, I am alive, and I am Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Before I explain my absence, I want to tell you something about the website. If you shop on Amazon.com, the shopping you can do can now help support Boxing for Free. Go to our website and click on the Amazon banner on the right side of the website. Use it whenever you shop on Amazon.com. Amazon will send us a kickback for anything you buy. So if you like the site and you like what we do and you want more of it, you know, a little kickback can always help us. So go to BoxingForFree.com, click the Amazon banner. We'd really appreciate it. What I know you guys don't appreciate is when I take lengthy absences. And the reason for that is, well, this is, you know, the last four months of uh, of the year. Well, technically not right now. I mean, we're at the end of October. But uh, at the start of September, September, October, November, December, those are, are always the crazy months at work. I have been putting in ridiculous amounts of hours and because of my position so that means i have to whip all the new recruits into shape and well let's just say it's not going as easy as i would like and justin's justin's always asking me hey do you think you might be able to do a podcast this weekend do you think you might be able to do something and i've always had to you know just say look i'm too busy slash exhausted to do anything but now i am justin so I hope you're happy. Thanks. I only had to ask you like a billion times. So now that that foolishness is out of the way, let's talk some news. Gennady Golovkin continues his knockout streak, this time knocking out David Lemieux last weekend in uh, Madison Square Garden in New York City. This was uh, one of the more highly anticipated fights of the year. Both of these guys are big knockout punchers. Some people were saying that it was going to be maybe our equivalent to Hagler Hearns. And, you know, it wasn't a bad fight, but there wasn't uh, From the opening bell to the, uh, to the end when uh, Lemieux was stopped in the eighth round, it, this was all Gennady Golovkin. I mean, David did have a few good moments, but uh, I, I think I'm being a bit... Uh, I think I'm overselling it when I when I say that. I mean, he he was in the fight, but not really competitively. And I felt for a while, like even before the fight was announced, I just thought, you know, I don't think it's the right time to put Golovkin in with David Lemieux. I just don't think Lemieux is ready, and it shows that I'm right, and that more people, particularly boxing managers, should listen to me. A lot of people were expecting there to be fireworks on both ends but mostly it came from Golovkin and a bunch of people were probably at home watching this thinking okay well Golovkin's doing good but how come Lemieux isn't I can only imagine what it must have been like for the fans watching in Montreal and probably all over Quebec when are they gonna get to the fireworks factory And no disrespect to David Lemieux, but he's just not in Golovkin's level. And, or rather his league level, who cares? But at this point, who really is? Maybe Miguel Cotto or Canelo Alvarez. And that's who a lot of people are looking to, uh, they're looking to as the possible next opponent. In fact, the uh, WBC has ruled that the winner of Cotto versus Canelo must face Gennady Golovkin, but, but there's already a little bit of controversy going on because Canelo Alvarez has said, 
Well, I'm willing to fight... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm willing to fight Gennady Golovkin, but it must be at 155 pounds. I am not big enough for 160 pounds. Now... <clears throat> Okay, if you if you miss my ranting, you you will enjoy this. And nobody, you know, save your judgments until after I'm done, because don't worry, I'm going to cover all points, or I'll try to. Now, Canelo Alvarez does not hold a title at 154 pounds. He he did win the fight against Arislandi Lara, who was the WBA champion, but because it was over the 154 pound limit, the title was not on the line for Canelo. And he has not fought at 154 pounds in a couple years. The last time he did, the last time he was at or under the 154-pound limit was against Austin Trout all the way back in April of 2013. So, oh, okay. That, that, that's not completely fair, to be honest. Uh, the last time that he was under... The 154-pound limit was when he fought Floyd Mayweather Jr., and that was at a catchweight of 152. So either way, that was back in uh, September of 2013. So I corrected myself. Either way, that is over two years that you have not fought at 154 pounds. The Angulo fight was supposed to be at 154 pounds, but he had to keep increasing the weight limit, because, or not keep increasing it. He asked for a last-minute increase of the weight limit because he was have, having trouble making weight. He had to come in at 155 pounds. For the Lara fight, the same thing. For the James Kirkland fight, the same thing. If you cannot make 154 pounds, then you are technically a middleweight. A middleweight is not 160 pounds and heavier. A middleweight is anything that is up to 160 pounds. If you are a junior middleweight and you cannot make the junior middleweight limit, do you know what you are? You are a middleweight. What is so hard to understand about this? If I am a 147-pound fighter, but I keep coming into fights at either 159 or 149 pounds or 148, then technically that's above the welterweight limit. What is so hard about this? I suck at math, but the numbers make sense to me. Like, come on. Just either stop eating or just eat a little bit more until you put on the right amount of muscle and move up to 160 pounds. That's it. Don't challenge for the middleweight title unless you're prepared to fight at 160 pounds. And that goes for Miguel Cotto too. I don't care if you're a freaking muffin top at 160. Okay, now to look at the other side. Golovkin's coach, Abel Sanchez has been very critical of Canelo with these comments saying, well, if you're not a 160-pound fighter, don't be fighting for the 160-pound title. You know, that's a fair point. I go back to looking at Roberto Duran saying, this guy was a lightweight, didn't exactly come in at the uh, middleweight limit when he fought Marvin Hagler all those years ago. I think that was in 1983. 
And for that fight, Duran actually weighed 156 pounds, or 156 and a half. But regardless, he was not, um, he was not really a, a true middleweight. But he still fought all the middleweight contenders, and he fought the champions. In fact, he won a title at 160 pounds against Iran Barkley. I'm getting sidetracked here, sorry. <laughs> Either way, Sanchez is saying, look, if you're not that type of fighter, don't fight for the title if you're not going to fit in the weight class. However, Sanchez, for quite a while, has been saying nobody from 154 pounds to 168 pounds can beat Gennady Golovkin or go the distance with him. See, when you say 154 pounds, you're more or less inviting Canelo to use that catchweight clause and say, well, okay, if nobody from 154 pounds can beat him, well, can't I, you know, can I come in at 155 pounds? And it, it's not a favorite point of mine, but it's a good point. Why is it that, you know, you're saying, oh, 154 pounds to 168, sure, we'll fight anybody. Hey, you want to come in at 155? Shame on you. You're you're not a true champion. Now, with, with Golovkin, it doesn't matter who he fights. He just wants to unify the division. He's already got the WBA title. That That's what he's had since the beginning, since 2010. And he got the IBF title with this knockout of David Lemieux. He just wants that he just wants the WBC title and to be called the undisputed champion. That's all he wants. But um if Canelo wins, Canelo might vacate immediately. He does have that option. However, if you're going to vacate, then maybe actually go back to fighting at 154 pounds. Stop being Stop with this catchweight crap. You are you are either in one division or another. You cannot be in between. I mean, look at Paul Williams. That guy was constantly jumping back and forth between divisions. The only time I can recall him asking for a catchweight was uh, in the rematch with Sergio Martinez. I think that had a catchweight of 158 pounds. But I don't like these catchweights. And, you know, why are we even talking about Canelo at all? Because he has to make it through Miguel Cotto first. And there is a lot on the line for Miguel Cotto because... Uh, I don't... Well, obviously, I can, I can kind of tell just looking at him. He probably doesn't like Canelo. And he really wants to win badly because this is a Mexico versus Puerto Rico fight. And the, it, it, he had that one against Margarito. There was a controversy. He did get the revenge, but Margarito was very much a pariah at that point, And nobody really wanted anything to do with him. And plus, he had gotten busted up by Pacquiao already, so it didn't really matter. But I'll be very interested if... Cotto wins the uh, the fight if he'll say sure I will fight Gennady Golovkin 
because we all remember what happened the last time that uh, somebody mentioned Golovkin's name to Cotto. Uh, uh, why, why not? You know, but. So there you go. That, that That's how I see it. Canelo needs to pick a division and stick with it for as long as he can. And maybe Abel Sanchez should stick to his words or just stop talking. Antonio Tarver, moving on. Yeah, I, I forgot. I should do, say moving on before I actually move on to a new story. Antonio Tarver does not seem to have the best of luck lately because once again he has tested positive for <clears throat> illegal substances which uh, were produced for his fight with Steve Cunningham, which was uh, a 12-round draw in August. Uh, Sports Illustrated writer Chris Mannix reported that Tarver, the former light heavyweight champion, tested positive for synthetic testosterone, and uh, including the uh, B sample. Now, Tarver is once again professing his innocence, saying, I didn't know about this, I am 100% innocent, because that's what you do. Nobody is going to when they're when they're caught. Nobody says, "Well, you know, okay, fine. I took this stuff. I didn't actually think you would test me for it." Well, I, I don't know. They isn't that what happened with Lance Armstrong? Oh well. E- either way, he's a dick. Armstrong, that is. Jury's still out on Tarver. Now, the interesting thing is that in the build-up to that fight in August, Steve Cunningham brought up Tarver's uh, history with uh, testing positive for illegal substances, and he said that if that happened here, that he would file a lawsuit. And uh, he did a uh, little guest spot on a radio show uh, called The Quarterman and uh, said the following... At the workout for the Tarver fight, I mentioned I would bring up a civil suit. I was being extreme with attempted manslaughter, but overall assault and battery. In actuality, I talked to my lawyer when we first heard the news about possibilities of that. It's not just for getting money from anybody. If we go, or if we were to go forward and win, we would donate the money to a heart foundation for what my daughter has been through. It would be a very, it would be to set a standard or a bar. This is what should happen every time a fighter does this to help keep the sport clean. PEDs, steroids, and illegal things are rampant in boxing. I can't say names or I would get sued because there is no evidence. Boxers talk in locker rooms, in camp, and you see things. There is a lot of illegal use going on in boxing, period. Unquote. So, props to Steve Cunningham if he's going to do that and should he get any sort of settlement if a lawsuit does go forward props to him for not like holding on to the money and actually donating it to a worthy cause you know I really respect that but uh this is uh more bad news for Tarver because he he really wants to try to keep his career going he's in his mid 40s at this point, uh, according to Boxrec, he's 46. 46 does not have a lot of years left. I mean, a lot of people probably didn't think that he would be boxing at this age anyway. He he does a great job on commentary. I think he was actually doing some commentary on uh, Spike TV for the uh, Premier Boxing Championship broadcast that they put on there, and it was great to have him back. But if he gets terminated because of this controversy, and that happened when uh, he fought Coyote, or whoever that guy was, he tested positive, and like Showtime dropped him, which was a shame. I can understand why they did it, but 
uh, it was also kind of a loss for Showtime because whether you like Tarver or not, I think he does a a great job on commentary. I think he's just as good, if not a little bit better, than Pauly Malinaji. And I'm not hating on Pauly when I say that. That's just how I feel. So we're going to have to see where this goes because it's going to be very interesting if a lawsuit does take place because it could lead to more in the future from other fighters who fight somebody who then tests positive for an illegal substance. We'll have to wait and see. Moving on. Finally, the last bit of news I want to talk about, Terrence Crawford. Uh, last year, at the end of last year, me and a whole bunch of other people declared this this guy the fighter of the year. And he might be making a good case for not fighter of the year this year, but uh, Manny Pacquiao's final opponent. He uh, he looked sensational last night against Dieri Jean. Uh, he stopped Jean in the 10th round. He kind of knocked him into almost through the ropes and Tony Weeks just stepped in. He, oh, he, Terrence Crawford looks really good. He, he's got the skill. He took all of Jean's punches. Like he, the, a, a few times he actually had this kind of like smirking smile like, oh, you thought that was going to do something? That That's not going to do anything. He actually hit Jean with uh, what looked like a, a right hook or an uppercut, and it, it didn't look like it landed very hard, but at the same time, it, it knocked Jean down. So do I think that he's uh, good, good enough for Pacquiao at this point? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he says that he wants the fight for uh, next year. He told... Max Kellerman after the fight that he's going to ask Bob Arum to make it happen. There is the possibility that uh, Amir Khan might get the call, but I keep hearing things like, oh, that there haven't really been any negotiations and who cares at this point? Let's just uh, get a fight announced and then we'll talk about, oh, who's going to win. I keep hearing, oh, Khan's hand speed could neutralize Pacquiao, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. What Amir Khan should do is try to, if not make a fight with Pacquiao, just make any sort of fight so that then he can win and call Pacquiao out and say, look, you want to you want to have one more fight? I'll be your last opponent, and there's a reason why this will be your last fight because I'm going to retire you. It's just like cutting a promo in wrestling. You've got to have the right amount of words. And not the stupid, oh, you know, going to sit down with my team, talk to my promoter, talk to my manager, blah, blah, blah. That's a bunch of crap that nobody really likes to hear, okay? I do think that either fight would be interesting, particularly a Crawford fight, mainly because Crawford's undefeated, young lion coming up through the divisions, and it makes you wonder, is this could this fight possibly be similar not not in terms of like how it will play out but just how de la hoya versus pacquiao went how everybody thought that de la hoya is going to get this big victory and then it's sort of a passing of the torch moment for him like he passes the torch to pacquiao saying you're the next big star in boxing and maybe that's what will happen in this fight or maybe pacquiao will finally be able to close the show against uh, a top pound for pound fighter ring magazine currently has him ranked uh, number seven i believe and say 
you know, beat him and, and say, hey, you know, at least I ended my career better better than Mayweather did. Well, okay, I, I just mean he ended it against better opposition, okay? Don't, I, I'm already envisioning a bunch of hate mail. Oh, Floyd was undefeated. I don't care. Just, I'm, st- I'm sorry. One of the main reasons that I, I kind of also wasn't doing podcasts that much I was tired of boxing, but either way, no, I, <laughs> I like it again now. I, I, I'm like a, I'm like a battered husband, you know. I, I just love this mistress too much to leave her, so I keep coming back, and I will be back. Trust me. There's, uh, there's gonna be more podcasts coming up. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. There's going to be the, uh, a twenty four seven series covering the road to. Uh, Cotto versus Canelo. I've invented a very special drinking game for that, and that was a lovely time for my cell phone to go off. But I've invented a, an awesome drinking game for this 24-7 series. I can't wait to unveil it. I, I just hope that it's a fun game. And, uh, yeah, there's lo- there's lots more to look forward to, so stay tuned. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page you can subscribe on itunes podbean and several other podcast directories if you use itunes give us a review and let everyone know that the boxing for free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary i'm andrew schweitzer thank you for listening and we hope you tune in next time